Thank you for joining us at Hope Church. We are so excited that you came across this message and are tuning in. If you're joining us for the first time, I want to be the first to say welcome to Hope Church. Do us a favor and text NEW TO HOPE to 94090. After you hit send, you'll get an immediate response from our team with a link to a short form for you to fill out so we can do just that. Well, enjoy the service. Well, this weekend, I think that we are all thinking about pretty much the same thing. The majority of us are thinking about the fact that we just said goodbye to 2020, and we have now given a warm welcome to 2021. And in light of that, I want to begin today by asking you a question. And here's the question. What is it that you want the most in 2021? As you think about the year ahead, what are some of the things that you would say you want the most in 2021? Now, for some of us, we've already made our list. For others of us, we'll be doing that in the next few weeks. But I took the privilege of maybe crafting a few answers that you may have, and I know that I may have, to this question. For some of us, we would say what we want most in 2021 is an all-expense-paid vacation to recover from 2020. Amen. For some of us, we would say that what we want the most in 2021 is a vaccine for COVID-19 to circulate the general public. Some of us would say that we want greater financial security. Others would say that what we want the most in 2021 is for kids and students to return to full-time on-campus education. Or maybe you would say what you want most in this upcoming year is the freedom to walk up to someone and shake their hand without it feeling weird. Or to go to someone you love and give them a hug without that awkward, should we do this or not? I don't know what comes to mind for you when you think about this upcoming year and what you truly want, but those are a few examples. But I want to ask this question to you in a little bit different way as we jump into God's Word today. I don't want to ask you, what do you want the most? I want to ask you, what do you need the most in 2021? It's one thing to say that we want something. But it's a different situation to say that we need something. As you think about this upcoming year, what is it that you would say that you truly, desperately need? Well, the short answer to that question is simply God. What we need more than we need anything else is we need God himself. We need his presence. We need his power we need him to guide us, to protect us, and to provide for us as we enter into a new year. And what I want to do for a few moments today is I want to look at a passage from the Old Testament that clarifies for us two unique ways that we need God as we move into a new year. So if you have a copy of the scriptures today, would you look with me in the Old Testament book of Psalms chapter 96. And I want to read the first three verses 
of this chapter from the Old Testament. If you don't have a copy of the Bible today, we're going to put this here on the screen for you so you can follow along as we read. Psalm 96, starting in verse 1. Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord, bless his name. Proclaim good tidings of his salvation from day to day. Tell of his glory among the nations. His wonderful deeds among all the peoples. Now just to get this out of the way, what I'm not going to do today is ask you to make a myriad of New Year's resolutions. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand today about starting or stopping a bunch of new habits. But here's what I want to do today during our time together. I want to share two needs that we have for this upcoming year. And both of them come out of Psalm 96. And I'm going to trust and pray that as God speaks into your life, you will respond to him. So two needs for a new year. Here's the first one. We need to pursue deeper intimacy with God. As we think about what we truly need for this upcoming year, one of the things we need is to pursue deeper intimacy with God. In his book, Simply Jesus, Joseph Stoll wrote about an interaction that he had with the great preacher and evangelist who is now in heaven, Dr. Billy Graham. And I want to read a small section of what he described about that interaction. Joseph Stoll said this, My wife and I were seated next to Dr. Graham at a dinner for the staff and board of his organization. Billy 80 at the time, was lucid and interesting. Wondering what he would say about his highest joys in life, I asked, of all your experiences in ministry, what have you enjoyed most? Then, thinking I might help him out a little, I quickly added, Was it your time spent with presidents and heads of state? Or was it, before I could finish my next sentence, Billy swept his hand across the tablecloth as if to push my suggestions onto the floor. None of that, he said. By far, the greatest joy of my life has been my fellowship with Jesus. Hearing him speak to me, having him guide me, sensing his presence with me and his power through me, this has been the highest pleasure of my life. And then Joseph Stoll concludes, it was spontaneous, unscripted, and clearly unrehearsed. There wasn't even a pause. Even as I read that to you today, 
everything inside of me screams, this is what I desire for my own life. Because in essence, what Dr. Graham was communicating is that when all the dust settles, the ultimate pursuit of life is knowing Jesus. And I believe the heart of the conversation between Dr. Graham and Joseph Stoll is the same heartbeat of the opening of Psalm chapter 96 that we just read. Within the first part of our text today, there are a few characteristics that I believe should shape our pursuit of God. And if we will live out these characteristics, I believe these things will allow us to experience a deeper intimacy with God. Look again at the first part of this passage. Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord. Bless His name. We see here in this opening section the same phrase repeated three different times. Sing to the Lord. Now I want you to notice what this section does not say. It does not say to sing about the Lord. And it doesn't say to sing for the Lord. This passage is commanding us to sing to the Lord. Now, there's nothing wrong with singing about the Lord or singing for the Lord. But there is nothing like personally expressing our love and affection directly to God. And it can look a lot of different ways. It can look like a venue like this in a worship service where hundreds of us are expressing our praise and adoration to the Lord. Or it can look like you and I sitting alone in our living rooms having an intimate conversation with God. Regardless of what it looks like, there's nothing like expressing our worship to the Lord. And here's why. Because Christianity is not a dead, cold religion. It's a relationship through which we experience the very life of God. I love what Henry Blackaby wrote about in his book, Experiencing God. He said, many people have grown up attending church and hearing about God all their lives. But they do not have a personal, dynamic, growing relationship with God. I know today that there's nothing like expressing our personal worship to God. But here's what I also know. Because of our flesh, because of our sinful nature, it is very easy to go through the motions when it comes to public or private worship. It's easy to sing the right things or say the right things or attend the right events, yet none of those things really leading to a deeper, personal, intimate love relationship with the Lord. And that's what Henry Blackaby is alluding to. And I believe this first section of Psalm 96 leads us to ask a very hard question. And here, here's the question I want to just put in front of you to think about and wrestle with before the Lord. Are you pursuing an intimate relationship 
with Jesus? Or are you simply going through the motions? I think that's a great question for all of us to think about as we start a new year. Are we pursuing a personal, intimate love relationship with Jesus? Or have we found ourselves simply going through the motions? Because in 2021, we do not need shallow spiritual activity. What we need more than we need anything else as we begin a new year is to pursue deeper intimacy with God. And pursuing the Lord personally is not simply acting the part, saying amen at the right moment, or carrying your Bible. The essence of pursuing Jesus is a genuine love relationship that is cultivated by personal fellowship with Him and worship lifted up to Him. I want you to think about this today. God desires a personal relationship with you infinitely more than you will ever desire a relationship with him. Think about that. The God of heaven, the God of creation, desires a relationship, a personal, intimate relationship with you and with me, infinitely more than we will ever desire a personal relationship with him. That is an overwhelming reality, an overwhelming invitation, and an overwhelming thought. But in this first section of Psalm 96, it gets a little deeper in terms of a personal pursuit of God. The, verse 1 goes on to say, sing to the Lord a new song. Now as I've looked over this passage of scripture the past few days, this is a, a thought-provoking truth. As we walk in a personal relationship with God, he will continue to reveal to us more of who he is and bring new life to our worship of him. Here's the way that Warren Wearsby captured this thought about singing to the Lord a new song. A new experience of God's blessing. A new truth discovered in God's word. A new beginning after a crisis or a new beginning after 2020, a new open door for service, all of these can make an old song new or give us a new song from the Lord. Here's the prayer that's just been in my heart over the weekend. As we enter a new year, may God overwhelm us with a new song, fueled by the wonder of who he is, as we personally experience his life and his power in and through us. So if we're going to pursue deeper intimacy with the Lord, I believe our pursuit of him must be personal. But also, I believe our pursuit of him must be intentional. Our pursuit of God must be intentional. The first part of verse 2, the Bible says, Sing to the Lord, bless His name. This word bless is a very interesting word. It means to kneel down or to praise. 
But there is a designation in the word bless that communicates intense action. And it means we are not just to bless the Lord out of habit or routine, but we are to bless him on purpose with intensity. Here's another way to think about that. This action of blessing the Lord does not happen by accident. It happens because of a strong, intentional choice to bless or praise the Lord with passion. Now, in general, there are many ways that we must be intentional in our pursuit of God. We must be intentional to guard our hearts. We must be intentional to seek counsel. We must be intentional to respond to difficult circumstances in the right way. But very quickly, I want to speak to one area specifically where intentionality is critical. And that is how we spend our time. To pursue deeper intimacy with God, we must be intentional in how we invest our time. The only way to deepen a relationship is through an investment of time. You know this. It's true in your family. It's true in your friendships. And it's true in your relationship with God. Relational depth is only possible through an investment of time. And I love the way that Adrian Rogers wrote about the gift of time. Look at this statement. God's great gift to you, number one, is Jesus. And number two is time. God has given you time to work, time to serve, time to love, time to laugh, time to labor. But like any gift, how you use it is really up to you. And we need to see every day, this day and every day, as a gift from God. So here's how I want to challenge you as we begin a new year regarding the significance of your time. When it comes to your time, be intentional to give your first and your best to pursuing the Lord. As we think about being given almost 8,800 hours in 2021, May it be said of us that our highest priority, the way that we leveraged our time the most, was to pursue the Lord. And here's what this means. This means not placing everything on your schedule and then trying to figure out, okay, how does God fit into this? It's actually the exact opposite. It's thinking about your pursuit of the Lord. And the investment of time that that requires to deepen your intimacy with him. And building your schedule around that. There is no more important aspect of the Christian life than regularly investing time to pursue the Lord. So here, here's what that looks like. When it comes to our time, intentionality means investing time to be alone with God. Because we know that everything he desires to do through our lives, he will do out of the overflow of what he's doing in our lives. 
When it comes to our time, intentionality means investing time to gather for worship with your church family. Because we need to hear from God together. We need to talk to God together. We need to respond to God together. And intentionality means investing time to connect in community with other Jesus followers. Because you need us and we need you. And your perspective of this, your perspective of investing time to pursue the Lord is critical. And I thought about a couple of different ways that people view their investment of time to pursue the Lord. For some of us, when we think about investing time to pursue the Lord, for us, it is a longing. It's something that we yearn for. It's something that we know is critical. Longing is defined as a strong feeling of need or desire for someone or something. Some of you are here today because you know you must place a priority on gathering with God's people for worship. It's critical. It's a longing for you. But there's another perspective that some people have. And they don't see the investment of time as a longing. They see it as a luxury. The word luxury is defined as something that is pleasant to have but is not necessary. For some people, when they think about investing time to pursue the Lord, their perspective is, well, if I can get around to it, or if the schedule allows, or if my energy allows, they see it as a luxury. So here's a question for you. As you think about your perspective of investing time to pursue the Lord, do you see it on this side as a need and a longing? Or do you see it as a luxury and something that is nice to have if you can get to it? As we move into a new year, one of the things we need is to pursue deeper intimacy with God. We must see it as something that is essential, as the very air that we breathe. We must be personally worshiping the Lord, and we must be intentional in the way we pursue Him by investing our time in the right way. That's one thing out of these verses that I believe we need in 2021, but here is a second thing that we need. We need to passionately join in the mission God. We need to pursue deeper intimacy with God, but we also need to passionately join in the mission of God. In this passage from Psalm 96, there is a clear challenge in the opening section to worship, to pursue the Lord. But as the passage progresses into the end of verse 2 and into verse 3, it changes. And we see a challenge here to tell others about the Lord. Look at the second part of this passage. Proclaim good tidings of his salvation from day to day. Tell of his glory among the nations, his wonderful deeds among all the peoples. So you see the progression. Verses 1 and the first part of verse 2 is sing, 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 worship, worship, worship. And as you progress to the second part of the passage, you see two imperatives, two commands. Proclaim, and tell. Here's what we can observe from that progression. 
A passion for the mission of God is born out of deep fellowship with God. A passion for the mission of God around the world is actually born out of time spent in fellowship with God. I want to say something today that is probably going to make a lot of you uncomfortable. And that's okay. If you are a Jesus follower, you are a missionary. If you're here today and you would say, I'm a follower of Jesus, I'm a disciple of Jesus, here's what that means. You are a missionary. Now, you may hear me say that and think to yourself, Pastor, I would never put myself in that category. That, that term is used for people who move to another country for the sake of the mission, and that's true. Those people are missionaries. But for you and I who are here who follow Jesus right here in Las Vegas, Nevada, we are also missionaries. The word missionary means one who is sent. That's what the term means. It means one who is sent, one who is launched out. So with that in mind, I want you to see the words of Jesus in John chapter 17. Here's what he said to the Father. Father, as you sent me into the world, meaning as you sent me on mission, I have also sent them. Now the them he's referring to are his followers, his disciples. So in this private, intimate prayer in John 17. Jesus says, Father, as you sent me into the world on mission, I am also sending my people, my followers, into the world as missionaries. If you have a relationship with Jesus, you have been sent into the world to join the grand mission of God. And I want to capture for you the heartbeat of that mission as it's written by John Phillips in his commentary on Psalm 96. This is such a challenging thought. How can we, who sit bathed in the full light of the gospel, ransomed, restored, forgiven, heaven-born, and heaven-bound, be content to sit in our pews and sing our songs while millions lie in darkness under the shadow of death with never so much as a verse of Scripture in their native tongue. That's the heart of the mission. We have been shown the light. We have been rescued as God's people. And he's now sent us into the world to join in his grand mission of declaring to a lost planet that there is hope in Jesus. Well, a natural question would be, okay, pastor, well, what does that look like for me? Well, there's actually a couple points of application right here in Psalm 96. The first one is at the end of verse 2. The psalmist says, proclaim good tidings of his salvation from day to day. So here's a first point of application for us in joining in the mission. We can join in God's mission Every day where we live, where we work, and where we play. Believe it or not, 
God is active and working at your job, at your school, in your neighborhood, and throughout our community. So whatever it is you are doing day to day, there are opportunities to join in the grand mission of God. But there's another point of application here in these verses. Verse 3 says, Tell of his glory among the nations, his wonderful deeds among all the peoples. So we learn from verse 2 that we can join in God's mission every day where we live, work, and play. But verse 3 tells us we can join in God's mission around the world. You and I, as followers of Jesus, are called to join in God's mission beyond our community, beyond our culture, and beyond our comfort zone. Verse 3 tells us we're to declare his deeds among all the peoples. What does that look like? Well, a couple of examples would be engaging with us at Hope Church when we begin to send teams all over the world prayerfully again this year. It looks like investing financially through this ministry to touch people all over the world. It looks like praying for church planters or unreached people groups. It looks like potentially relocating your life to another context in order to join in the grand mission of God. Regardless of the how, the call is the same. We are called to join in God's mission all over the world. There are a myriad of ways that God is inviting us to join in his mission among every tribe, tongue, people, and nation. So, as we move into a new year, there are definitely a lot of things that we want. But I believe, based off Psalm 96, verses 1 through 3, there are definitely two things we need. We need to pursue deeper intimacy with God. And we need to passionately join in the mission of God. Amen.